Yeah, I, wasn't he? Hmm. Let me see if Sidbury has a sports series. Let's see. Sid Breen was an ugly fucker, too. Yeah, he was. Everybody in baseball in the 80s had a stupid mustache, too. Except Paul Molitor, because he didn't like getting his cocaine in his mustache. That's right. You know what? We should talk about the fact that all these people think the Brewers did Paul Molitor wrong. I'm going to tell you something. First of all, Molitor can kiss my ass. Well, they paid for his rehab, his drug rehab, when his dealer got busted. Everybody else got traded. All the other cokeheads that were buying from Tony Peters, the Brewers jettisoned. Molly gets to go on the DL with a phantom injury, and they pay for his fucking shit. Then he leaves here. Um, Did he go Jays or Twins? Jays. He made it look like we, we lowballed him. And then after he retired, he goes, no, you know, the Brewers offer was good. I just wanted to win a World Series. So you fucking made the franchise look like shit. And tanked them when you could have just been honest from the beginning. Fuck Paul. I say if I was the Iron Sheik, fuck Paul Molitor. Well, I had him lined up to come on the show. I'll just go ahead and rescind that. And we all know my stance is fuck the Jimmy Gantner. So. Well, yes. Yeah. He's another one. But how do you feel about Phil Garner? I like Scrap Iron. Scrap Iron was alright. Yeah, I like Scrap Iron. He, uh, he was our manager for eight years. He was over 500 once, but I liked him. <laughs> yeah. But they figured no one else wanted this fucking job. Yeah, but that was one more year than Davey Nelson was ever over hey, 500. You know what? He had John Jaha. He should have won more. Fuck John Jaha. That? Don't you fuck John Jaha. Big mailbox head motherfucker. Jesus Christ, John Jaha. Best brewer of the 90s. John Jaha. At what? Drinking? Better than Kevin Seitzer? Better than Sites. Better than Jeremy Burnett's. For sure. Better than Richie Sexton. Absolutely. Better than Jeff Jenkins. Yeah. Kevin Seitzer had some money seasons. And yes, everybody knows Jeff Jenkins was just Brett Favre Moonlight. What about Mark Loretta? Oh, absolutely. Mark Fernando Vina? Nobody's throwing Greg Vaughn at me. Jeff Cirillo? Yes, absolutely. You're out of your mind. Yeah, you're Dave Nilsson? Who? Dave Nilsson. Yeah, no, that's not a real person. He was a catcher. <laughs> he was part of the first all Aussie battery. Him and Graham Lloyd. Uh, how about how about our great shortstop Hernandez? <laughs> Are you just no Jose Hernandez? He broke the record. It's been for broken. strikeouts yeah. over two hundred in a it's season. It's been broken since now. Yep. This, but for the, that era. You know what? You didn't take a shortstop for their ability to hit. Yeah, but you didn't take them to strike out <laughs> 200 times right. either. These put slap at the ball, put it in play. Hmm. All right, so when do you want to start recording? I'm recording. All right, there's our... It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. Love and tradition of the grand design Some people say it's even harder to find Well then there must be some magic clue inside Hey, it's episode 78 78 And wow. uh, there's, Vic, you've got some famous 78s to pay homage I to. do There is uh, Anthony Munoz Ooh, 
Cincinnati Bengal. There is a Bruce Smith. New Hall of Famer. Jackie Slater. Oh, Ram, long time Ram. And former Oakland Raiders slash Los Angeles Raiders. That's right, he coached them in both cities. Head coach, Art Shell. Nice. That's pretty, that's, you know what? And I think it's only fitting. Because this is our milestone 78th show spectacular. Have we uh, surpassed you and Kuba's teaming yet? How many episodes was that? No, because for like five years, we were like steady recording every week. Okay, yeah. So we were probably at like 200 before we... we've at, After five years, we were at 200. Uh, after I'm sorry, after four years, we were probably at like 180. And then three more years went by, and we probably did 25 shows over that course of time. So it precipitously fell off. But... Um, but yeah, that was fun. And now you're stuck with us. But doing this no, shit show. The best part about this though is I think Kuba and I only were live together like four times. Okay. And we get to be live every every time we get together. So there's that. So that counts as three shows almost. So uh, in nineteen seventy eight, if we're going off a year. Yeah, let's okay. do it. All right. First women astronauts. Okay. Right? Uh huh. It's a big year. First solo North Pole expedition. He's why? It's cold. Fuck. First, first test tube baby was born in oh. 1978. Okay. How about that? That's something. You like that? Great. Ah. You know who was born in 1978? Yeah, the test tube baby you just told oh, yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, somebody actually that people care about. Oh, okay. who's that? Garfield the cat. Oh. Uh, and who cares about that? Everybody. He's been a, he's been in the fucking comics since 1978. What if I told you John Davis can suck it? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, okay, so here, I'm going to go one better, because I know Maru loves this segment. Shows that debuted in 1978. <laughs> Great. Okay? You ready for this? Sure. Okay. The shows that uh, debuted in 1978. Can't wait to get my oh, shit on, boys, going. Great. Um, Jonestown happened in 1978. Oh, look out. Yikes. Um, okay. Uh, Grease, the first Grease movie, mm, 1978. Okay. Mm. Yeah, not, so not the good one. Uh, also, tune into my other podcast, <laughs> Ballin' with Belmudo. Where we discuss all things Belmuda. I have the the popular TV programs of 1978 pulled up. Yeah, I'm just looking at this like fucking nothing debuted. Oh, hit hit us with it, Lane. All right, nothing debuted. A lot of this shit debuted in '77. Happy Days. Yeah, that was still around. Little House on the Prairie. Don't like it. Rockford Files. Like it. Like it. Yeah. Good Morning America. Don't like it. Jim will fix it. That's only in the UK. I don't... Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not familiar. I've got the debuts. All right, here we go. Fantasy Island debuted. Oh. Okay. How the West Was Won. No. Okay. Project UFO. No. The Incredible Hulk. Yes. Yeah, that's a strong sale. Dallas. My mom liked that, so we'll give it a thumbs up. Okay. The Ted Knight Show. Well, how can you go wrong with Ted Knight? Ted Knight? A very underrated show, Vegas. Uh, I was never a big Vegas guy. 2020 with Hugh Downs. Okay. Okay. Tic-tac-toe. Pull up the theme song for Tic-tac-toe. Tic-tac-toe? Yes. Yeah. It's, like, a, like it's a, a game show. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Yogi's Space Race. Fang Face. The all-new Popeye Hour. These oh. must have been Saturday morning. Yeah, Mork and Mindy debuted in 78. 
Battlestar Galactica. Hey, straight, straight for the bench. Isn't that great? <laughs> the White Shadow. Yeah, no thanks, man. Different strokes? Yeah, okay. This is that time where Pussy. I'm supposed to bring up that Gordon Jump almost molested Arnold. Well, Arnold, speaking so. of Gordon Jump, WKRP in Cincinnati. Nice. In 78. Nice. So, so there you go. Some popular births of 1978. Okay. Ashton Kutcher. Oh. Born in February 7th. Okay. Uh, Kobe Bryant. August 23rd, okay. born in 78. And Josh Hartnett. Nice. Shows that ended in 1978. <laughs> the $6 million man. Fine. Fine with it. I like Carol yeah, Burnett. I did too. Police Woman. Never watched it. Mm. The Bob Newhart Show. I like the Bob Which Newhart Which one? Show. The, 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 one yeah. the psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. Remember I told you the Tonight Show debuted in 1978? It also ended oh. in 1978. Oh, Danny. Yeah, yep, yep. Columbo <laughs> ended in 78. Good. Come on. Good. Beretta? Good. Stop. I guess a killer. Chico and the Man? Yeah. Hey, let's... Yeah, we're going to pause for a second, okay? Oh, okay, all right. For the last couple of days, all I get from this guy are memes with Grandpa Joe getting up out of bed to do something... From Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Who also was the man. Who was also yeah. the man, yeah. It's just another example of another thing he'd get out of bed for, but not to feed his goddamn family. <laughs> There's a group. There's literally a group I joined on Facebook that's nothing but hating Grandpa Joe. Good. And it's hilarious. Here's another show that sadly met its demise in 1977. The Laugh Olympics. Okay. Mm, yeah. That was a good one. Um, that's cartoons. Rhoda. Rhoda, don't like it. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? ended its 10-year run. That's a shame. Yeah. and uh, I ran out of vague weed a, Another show that began and ended in 1978, <clears throat> The New Fantastic Four. Apparently the old Fantastic Four wasn't good enough. The new... Well, neither was the new one, because it was on its way out. And famous people who died. Zara Cully, George Jefferson's mom. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sure. Right. I was going to yeah. say not that famous, but yes. Yes. Um, and um, Keith Moon. Keith Moon, drummer for the Who. Yeah. All right, everybody. That was show seventy-eight. Hey, uh, thanks for stopping <laughs> in. Um, I just kept waiting for Old Man by Neil Young to play, but it never <laughs> old did. Old Man, look at my life. That's a new segment life. that we're doing now. If you were born in nineteen seventy-eight, you're only forty-one. So, I don't know. I was born in 75. Don't do the math. Yeah, I was born in 71. I was not born. Yeah. When were you, like, 93? Yeah, roughly. Yeah. No, that's I was that's not accurate. He was, like, 85, right? 85, yes. 85. Correct. I can't wait for episode 85. We're going to pull off some oh, yeah. shit. You know who was born that year? This fucking guy. That's who. 85, I think, and you guys can hate me for this, might have been... Right up there with like 84, might have been the best year for music. I, I would tend to agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So you got that going for you. I have that going for me. I was conceived in 84, though. Yeah, but just to like Merle Haggard songs. Merle Haggard <laughs> and probably some Eagles. Waylon Jennings. Yeah. Should we look at top songs from 78? Oh. Because remember, we are celebrating 78. <laughs> Casey Kasem. 
Did you did you ever hear the rant of Casey Casey? Oh yes, yes we did. I think we played it on this show you once. Okay, so top songs, Billboard's top songs. Okay, I'm gonna just read you the top twenty because I won't do the top hundred. You tell me if you remember any of these songs. Sure. Um, Feels so good by Chuck Mangione. No. You know it if you heard it. It's the horn. How about if I can't have you? Yes. I don't want, okay. Yes. With a little luck by Paul McCartney and Wayne. Yes. Billy Joel, just the way you are. Yes. Miss you by the Rolling Stones. Yes. Lay down, Sally. Eric Clapton. Yes. Okay, this one I don't know. Emotion by Samantha Sang. No, not off the name. Samantha Sang. Part. What? That's what I'm wondering. Emotion. You're the one that I want by John Travolta. Another video. Oh, from Grease. Yep. I go crazy by Paul Davis. When I look in your eyes, I go crazy. Nope. Okay. Um, I remember it. Um, Grease. I can tell. By Frankie Valley. From the movie Grease. Grease. Three times a lady. Yes. Commodores. At number ten. Checking in at number nine. Boogie oogie oogie. <laughs> by a taste of honey. Okay. Love is thicker than water by Andy Gibb. That song's about cum. I'm just Andy. telling you right now. Yeah. Now. I'm going to tell you this. In the top eight, there are six songs that feature the Gibbs. Yeah. So first, Love is Thicker Than Water by Andy Gibb. Okay. Okay. And number seven, Baby Come Back by Player. Baby Come Back. Okay. Number six, How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. How deep is your love? How deep? This is like a commercial from the 90s now for like a cassette. Yeah, Time Life presents. Number five, one of my favorite under the radar songs ever, I Want to Kiss Y'all Over. Thanks, Happy. And Over Again by Exile. Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. You Light Up My Life at number three by Debbie Boone. Yep. I don't know that one. Night Fever. You. By the Bee Gees. I don't know Night Fever. Not Fever, Night Fever. Oh, I do know Night Fever. You don't have to show it. And number one by Andy Gibb, Shadow Dancing. Hey, you know what I didn't hear? What? In the hot top songs of 1978, what? Didn't hear anything from the Eagles. All right. I didn't hear anything from Fleetwood Mac. This is the pop charts. Well, no, no, no. The Fleetwood Mac, did, but Fleetwood Mac did not make an album in '78, which is why they weren't. It's because they were too rumors, busy doing cocaine. And rumors was '77. Couple other songs I'd like to point out: at number 36 for the year, "Hot Blooded" by Foreigner. Okay. It's a good, good. good it is. C. Yeah, good go-to. Um, also, uh, Kansas "Dust in the Wind" at 39. Wow. All right. Yeah. Number one. boy, blue. Number one. More, more fucking Andy Gibbs shit all the way through this countdown. Holy shit, they were all over the place. Slip Sliding Away by Paul Simon. Yeah. Um, Rick James was on here a couple times. And, Give it uh, to him, baby. Let me see. Yeah, Something by Steely Dan made it. Yeah, Steely Dan Steely actually Dan. had the, the number 100. Love Steely Dan. What one is number it? Seven. Deacon Blues. That's a good song. And he had Peg. Peg made it. In. Okay. Yeah. Um, and let's see if I can Somebody knocked on the door. No, that's upstairs. Um, Flashlight by Parliament. Good one. Flashlight. Yeah, so there you go. 1978, what are you... Uh, while you pull a topic, I'm going to pull the top films of... <laughs> we did that already. It's Grease. No, we did TV. We did films, too. No, we did one film. 
And it was Grease. Yeah. <laughs> Not the good one, apparently. Right. <laughs> oh, that was good. We killed 15 minutes doing that. Yeah, and then we and we probably killed Maru. <laughs> which was the whole point of this. Alright. Um, Grease was number one. Animal House, two at the box office. Love it. Superman, three. Every Witch Way But Loose. Right turn, Clyde. Fourth. Jaws 2 was fifth. Heaven Can't Wait. Can I just ask a question? Yeah, yes. From, like seven, from 1978 mm-hmm. until about 1983, mm-hmm. what was Hollywood's fascinations with orangutans? I don't know. Do you remember the one with Tony Danza? Yes, Going Ape. Going him ape. and Danny DeVito. I bet it was yeah. all one orangutan. It was not. In Going Ape, they had three, three. of them. Yeah. They just... Shot, you never saw them at the same time. Yes, you did. Yeah, they, they were all different shapes and sizes. Yeah. By the way, seven was Hooper. Hooper with Burr Reynolds, yeah. Number eight, Halloween. Okay, okay. okay. Number Finally. nine, just a sign of the times, Convoy. <gasps> oh, that's a big 10-4 rubber duck. <laughs> and number ten, Up in Smoke. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. I like that one. So That's they a good have, one. Uh, number 14, Midnight Express. I've not seen that movie, but I love the song. Yeah, I love the song. The movie is a guy who gets put in a Turkish prison for smuggling hashish. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, they found him. What was that? That was actually the theme from Midnight Express, but it wasn't the song. It wasn't what you wanted. No, that's the opening theme. There's another song in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, that one. That's great. It's fucking money. I love that thing. And it goes on forever, too. So you can play that in the background while you give me your topic. Okay. We do not own this song. (laughs) (laughs) Giorgio Moroder owns this song. What is the worst conversation topic in the world? Uh, in 2020, anything political. You're not wrong. Anything. You can't win. No. No. Because no matter what you... I'm a moderate. You are a liberal, slightly. You are a little bit more conservative. I'll take that argument. I'll accept that. But we might be a dying breed of people who can have a civil conversation about things we may agree or disagree with, and at least listen to some side of the story. You cannot, with social media, it doesn't matter what fact you have, you will not convince a dyed-in-the-wool Trumper or dyed-in-the-wool Bidenist No, you could sit them in a room, you could talk to them for a week. Nothing would change. No. It's a cyclical argument. I, I won't even partake in them online because there's no reason to. So that sucks. And being a moderate sucks because everybody hates my viewpoint. Everybody. Because I'm not left or right enough for the people I'm talking to. Let's see. Let me think. Other bad subjects. I'm like a referee. Hey, tell me about that time your grandpa died. Oh, that's tough. That's a tough yeah. time. Everybody loves their grandpa. Hey, remember when you had that itch on your penis? <laughs> that's a bad topic. Yeah. Let me tell you the toughest conversation I had. In real life? In real life. All right. Okay. Sure. I love the... Uh, I was managing the grocery store. Is and it freeway? <laughs> it's, it's not. <laughs> the um, the girls that worked the checkout counter yeah. complained to me that the guy working in the customer service, which was just off to the... Mm. smelled really bad. Ooh. Mm. So I went Did to... It? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Fucking bring a tear to your eye, brother. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, I went to him and I was like, hey, listen, uh, 
we've had some complaints from customers. Oh. Because I don't want to put the heat on the girls. Oh, that was, that was smart. Yeah. Well that uh, maybe you need to freshen up a little more frequently before you come to work. Yeah. And then he hit me with, do you think I smell bad? Oh. To which I responded with, it doesn't really matter what I think because I'm not up here, but we can't chase our customers out of the store. That's a. I said maybe try to incorporate some cologne. Yeah, Yeah, take a Polish bath. I've had to be the awkward extra person in the room for weird conversations. I got one because you need to have a witness, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've had, not even knowing the thing, I just had to be the person who just kind of sat there with your head down, just. I got two. I got two. You know, try to be a potted plant. Go ahead. Oh, I I got two. One so. In several roles I've had in my life, whether it be at Time Warner or where I'm working now, I've had to dismiss people from their jobs. Yep. Never easy. You never really want to. There's a few, a couple times I enjoyed it. Because, it, but most of the time, you don't really want to. You don't want to tell somebody, hey, man, your life is changing right now, right? Well, I had to release somebody at Time Warner, fire them, and then. Because he couldn't get a ride home and he was driving a company vehicle. My boss then made me drive him home <laughs> to Oconomowoc. <laughs> sitting, sitting next to him? Yeah. So I had to sit next to him. And then he's like, so the conversation went a little something like this. And I don't know what I'm going to tell my wife now. Another one? I don't know. I... I just can't seem to keep a job. Did you keep eyes forward and just yeah, two hands on yeah. the wheel? The other awkward conversation is there was a girl that both my brother and I worked with. My brother had a fling with her and then wanted to break up with her and couldn't. So he had me <laughs> meet her at a bowling alley to tell her that Aaron didn't want to see her anymore. <laughs> that was weird. And then I said, you know, he goes, how'd it go? I'm like, yep, it's tough, man. You know, he was, she was like, oh, you know, he's kind of a dick. I'm like, yeah, he, yeah, I get it. And he's like, whoa, well, you called me a dick? I'm like, fucker. It just made me. Just made it weirder later when you were sleeping with her the same night. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, Can you read it? Uh, what is the worst possible, why- oh, okay, so along the same lines. What is the worst possible buy one, get one free sale? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, anything that's a euro, because I hate euros. Are you serious? Yeah. I love a good euro, man. Most Open people euro. do. I know I'm in the minority on that, because everybody I know loves a euro. You don't like seeing them shave the... I just don't like shave it. Shave the meat? Maybe it's the sauce. It's the sauce, yeah, that cucumber sauce? That might be it. Oh, that's good shit, man. That'll keep you shitting right. Uh, let's <laughs> see. Buy one, get one free. You're taking those two euros. <laughs> Used underwear? That's bad. Yeah. That would be uh, colonoscopies. Yeah, yeah. yeah Since yeah. we're going to Vegas, STDs? Yeah, I don't know that you want to buy those. But, but I don't think you know you're buying that's it, but true. you might be getting it. That's true. Um, seriously, I, there are people I know, though, who... Like, okay, so here's the thing about buy one, get one, please. Forget about the shittiest ones, obviously, we're being glib. Mm-hmm. But the ones where you would never buy... I would never buy... Um, Grey Poupon Mustard. And there's people like, yeah, but it's buy one, get one free. I don't give a fuck, so it's one more thing I won't eat in my fridge. I bought two Chuck Roasts. Well, but Chuck Roasts are good. Yeah, well... Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to eat that Chuck I'm going to eat that right? Chuck Roast. All right. What about, did you ever buy something just because it was on? Oh, I'm sure I have, but it ain't going to come to mind right yeah. now. But my point is, 
just if you're getting something free that you're never going to use, then don't waste the time. But it's free. I get it. But you're not going to eat grape. Well, you might eat grape. I, I like grape. Eat grape. Yeah, I like it. I'm a classy motherfucker. Yeah. You eat it with your finger up. Yeah, I do. I like my mustard how I like my women. Gritty? Brown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've seen your wife. <laughs> Did she get a tan recently? <laughs> she doesn't listen anymore. I can make that joke. That's true. Okay. All right. All right. Pam Greer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's nice. That's sure. That's nice. Still, I think still. that's probably still nice. Stuff. My uh, topic is... Was Mr. Anderson Anderson yeah. wasted in the WWE? Was he wasted? Was he wasted? Bank on drugs? Um, well, I can answer that. For a portion of that, absolutely he was. Yeah. I, I think that sometimes you fall victim to things that you can't control. There's an old saying I like to use where you can say, it's not your fault, but it's your problem. Injuries... Didn't help him. Right. Failing a wellness check test didn't help him. Right. Right when he was in the middle of a key push. I'm not going to say he was... Okay, maybe he was wasted because of things that he may have contributed to, but I don't think he was buried or used wrong. They had him in a huge angle. He was supposed to be Vince McMahon's son. Right. Okay? Yeah. But things... Some he could control, some he couldn't. They had to go a different route with that angle. And then he, he, was he still under contract when he started kind of, you know, having those conversations on TV shows and kind of... He, yeah, you're talking about when he was on CNN for the Benoit stuff and talking steroids and then getting popped for steroids? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he did still work there. Yeah, so, I mean, look, we've said this before. Everybody wants to blame Vince McMahon for everything and say he's a goddamn devil. There's a lot of things he does I don't agree with. There's a lot of things he does I do. But not everything that goes wrong in a wrestler's career is Vince McMahon's fault. I agree with not that. Not everything that happens is because he had it out for that guy. He buried him. I just want to say I've been on shows with Ken. Real nice guy. Love Real him. nice guy. I like uh, a good portion of his students. Uh, yes. I don't like the one who doesn't know how to sell a squash. <laughs> but he'll get there. Mm-hmm. No, this is not an anti. Ken's great. I'm just saying injuries and some other things contribute. And and from who knows, you learn from it. He ended up going to TNA and had a good run there. I'm, and Ken is a big dude in our world, right? Yeah. But when he was there, he didn't look big. Correct. He didn't fit maybe that mold because he's not he's not taller than you, is he? No, we're about the same same height. Six two, six yeah. three, somewhere around there. Yeah. So well, and the thing is, if you aren't going to be big, you have to be a little bit more um, athletic, uh, jumpy, uh, flippy, mm-hmm. right? He wasn't going to be that, right? No. I think TNA was a perfect place for him there because there he looked like a star, right? Right, but even still, he was getting a huge push in the WWE. Yep, and he was huge over here in Green Bay and Milwaukee. Yeah, and he's he's entertaining. <clears throat> I've not. I haven't been on a show with him where I didn't come away going, that was a damn good match. Right. So even on the indie circuit, he's showing up, he's busting his ass, he's teaching what he knows to the next generation of wrestlers. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, some of them are amazing and they're great dudes. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't think that anybody did him wrong in the WWE. I I agree with that statement. 
Okay. It's you. It's me already? It's you. I thought I already went. There's only three of us, bro. Yeah. We each went once. Jeez. Yeah, we got stood Scouts up Scouts was Buck. a quick hitter. We got to start getting some guests Buck, in here. Buck was going to be here for 78. Do we know anybody anymore? We do. We just don't ask them. I mean, there's people... I, I want to get Tyler on this show. I've, I've been trying. I've been barking up that tree for about a year. Yeah, well, I know he's too good for us. But I still want to get him on the show. Oh. All right. This is going to involve two of you. I, I need both of you to be a part of this. Oh, wow. All right? This is interesting. Okay. Vic Ross. Yeah. I need you to do some play-by-play -play for me. Okay. Of Doug Dillon ghost hunting with Ian Xavier. <laughs> the part of Doug Dillon will be played by, by Scott. Scott. Okay. <laughs> what are we doing? We're ghost hunting? You guys are ghost... Okay. You and Ian Xavier are ghost hunting. I don't know if I know how to channel my inner Ian Xavier. Well, no, no, you're not Ian Xavier. You're doing the play-by-play. You're, play. you're describing oh, what's I happening. Gotcha. Much like you would have described Doug Dillon preparing a sandwich. Why do we gotta go upstairs? And they're out of the car and headed for the building. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Up the first step onto the porch. Oh, Door creaks open scary. Why is that so steep? That's Both steep. of them need a breath. A steep step, man. So fat. <laughs> oh, we may have to postpone this till next Halloween. <laughs> How do you turn his flashlight on? <laughs> Confusion with the equipment early. Haunted houses have no chairs. Am I, am I possessed? <laughs> no, you're having a heart attack. I, I'm usually in better shape. Round as a shape. <laughs> oh, God. What's that over there? It's think, not a ghost. <laughs> think it, think it yourself. Let me lean against this wall. Even the ghosts are afraid of this ghastly sight of these two behemoths coming into their dom domicile. <laughs> now Doug Dillon will never listen. <laughs> uh, yeah, we lost that Ian Xavier uh, listen a long time ago. My favorite, did. my favorite topics are the ones that I put in there just purely for my own entertainment. Hey, that's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> all right, let's see. Whoa, Nelly! Oh, boy. They are rumbling, stumbling, fumbling their way back to the car because they have left a ham sandwich. <laughs> ham sandwiches brought to you by Dubuque Ham. <laughs> what the fuck? What was the best time to be a fun? Let me see. <clears throat> I think it was probably oh, a fan. fan. Yeah. Oh, fan. Okay. Fan. Okay. Couple times for me. Um, 80. Four through eighty nine, Jim Crockett slash WCW. It was really made me love wrestling. I was going to AWA stuff as a kid. I enjoyed it, but when fucking cable, when my dad got cable, got TBS, game changer, absolute game changer for me. And I think the other time would have been during the Monday Night Wars because, regardless, with the end of it when Russo was running WCW, fuck that shit. But for a while. They were actually pushing each other to raise the bar, right? Mm -hmm. That I mean, that's what you want, right? That's why competition is good in anything. You want them to raise the bar. So I would say during the Monday Night Wars and then for me during the late 80s. Yeah, I'm going to have a similar answer. I would say like, uh, like around 87 to 92. Sure. 
I was a huge fan of Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan on Wrestling Challenge. And what about Primetime? Uh, also on Primetime, uh-huh. but but I got to see more Challenge than I did Primetime uh-huh. because of what time it was on, yeah. you see. So, like, the folks would go to bed on Saturday. I could watch 10.30, Channel 18. Fair enough, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, like, th- that was a team, basically, that entire time, like, 87 and 92, right? Yep. Uh, you had your Saturday night's main events that would pop in. Um, again, your big WrestleMania 3, 4, you know, whatever, Royal Rumble 92. Yep. Big window right there, man. Good good stuff. Yeah. Got to see Super Clash 2 down yeah. at the uh, Mecca. Yeah, me too, at the... Uh Breaking of the fifth wall and Luger and Sting embracing that they didn't show on the paper. Right, right. But it happened live because Luger was leaving to go to. You remember? Do you remember the junkyard dog spot on that show? Mm-hmm. Where he's in the crowd, yeah, dressed in a tuxedo, but he was too fat for the pants, so he had on those real dark blue jeans. Yep, yep. Didn't he have a hard time getting over the rail on one of those too? Potentially, was, I don't recall that, to... but it did wouldn't surprise me. Um. I would say, well, I started watching like right around the beginning of the Attitude Era, so that would be what, you know, got my interest, first of all. Yeah. But I will also say that going back and watching a lot of that stuff now... Not as good as you remembered it. Not great, no. The in-ring, uh, the in-ring stuff is, is so far ahead of that now. Sure it is. It kind of makes it hard but, to... But I'll tell you what, pay-per-views now aren't as good, because... The, some of the stuff sucked, but some of the stuff on the pay-per-views was really good storytelling, which you don't always get all the time anymore. Right. I know they're more athletic nowadays, but it's I don't want to open a can of worms about why I don't love AEW, but you get the point. Like, mm-hmm. I just I like the storytelling piece of it. I think the other good time to be a fan... Oh, by the way, speaking of re-watching shit that, 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 that didn't hold up well, and a callback from, I think, last week's episode, was anything Vern was doing. Because if you watch like a show, because sometimes I'll watch, they'll show a a whole AWA show from Minneapolis from like 1983. There's some stuff that's pretty good. And then there's some stuff. The finishes were always just weird. Like a lot of shit ended in schmazes all the time. Like just (coughs) DQs or after the win, a beat down on a Just everything. It was just chaos. Watch out, Baron Von Raschke. (laughs) Would you party with Larry Nelson? (laughs) Probably. Fuck yes. Yeah. Would you party with Orgasmic Larry? <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> Favorite AWA announcement, would you say it was him, Roger Kent, Lee Marshall, Rod Trongard, Ken Resnick. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm still going with Lee Ken Marshall. Ray. I like Lee Marshall. I was, it took until last year before somebody told me that guy was Tony the Titan. You didn't know that? I did not. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the best thing he ever did, was Tony Tiger. And that includes a very long, illustrious career inside of wrestling. Tony the Tiger was doing a call-in spot on WCW (laughs) to pretend he was at a Nitro party. In a different... (laughs) Right. Here's the thing. He was standing right next to the (laughs) announcer's booth. I'm currently in rally. I didn't like Lee Marshall as an announcer. But from all accounts, I heard he was a kind of cool dude. So right on. I don't have any personal. I just I don't know. He's I like great. Wish he would have done more of that. What does the term staggerly mean? Uh, well, 
I don't know why they called him Stagger Lee. Yeah. But there used to be a wrestler named Stagger Lee. Yes, he teamed with JYD, right? Potentially. Um, I think Stagger Lee was a song. It is. You're yeah, right. From the yeah. 60s. So that might be why they referenced it's it. It's a folk song. Oh, well. About the murder of Billy Lyons. Oh, well, maybe he murdered Billy Lyons. <laughs> Billy Lyons the wrestler? No, different Billy all right, my topic is, is blading in pro wrestling obsolete? Basically, yes, because of a couple of reasons. Right right now, COVID. But two, because of some of the restrictions on what, they, what, the, what you can show and not show on TV. Um, I think that's part of it. I think, um, I think you see less of it. I still think that there should be a space for it. I think blading should... Okay. The late 80s, they bladed too much. Mm-hmm. It didn't really... ECW, they bladed too much. Now they blade too little. I think blading should be huge. Like, when it happens, it should still happen, but when it happens, it, it should, should be... be a, a big deal. Yeah, it should be a holy shit moment. Yeah. Like, oh my God, he busted him wide open. So I I like blading, but I like it in small doses. I feel like blading is <clears throat> should be pretty much dead if you're trying to run a respectable indie fed at this point. You have to be a very niche kind of group if you're going to have the blood. Unless you portion. do it once a year, right? If you do it once to build up one specific thing, yes, that's a different thing, right? That that's a shock value, right? That's right, and that's how it should be. Yeah, like you, you should walk away. Like, holy cow, that was chilling. Holy shit! I'm going to completely skirt the ant- the question. Skirt, skirt. And what I'm going to say is, I don't necessarily <laughs> care. As long as it's not done, like, every fucking show. Yeah. But what really aggravates me is when a guy gets a hard way, and then they fucking stop to put gloves on and clean up his cut. Yeah. Just do the fucking match, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, that's what I mean. So I think think it should be allowed in those small doses, but I don't want to see the return of the ECW era. If we got time, it's you. Me? Yep. How are we doing for time? We've, we've got time. Oh, we've got time. Oh, good. I'm going to look at some of the top religious sayings of seven <laughs> Moses, smell the roses. And at number three. <laughs> God damn it. Still at number one. <laughs> All right. Talk amongst yourselves. Oh, my. 1978. I'm going to pull up 1978. Baseball leaders. Okay. While you do that, here's the topic. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of a wrestling death pool. Okay. Who will be the next well-known wrestler to die early? Hmm. I'll let you go first. I got a couple. Oh, gee, thanks. I can go first if you want me to, but. Uh, I don't really have somebody that comes to mind. Putting Twensky right down on it. Okay, I'm going to say there's two that come to mind for different reasons. I'm still going with the tried and true X-Pac. Okay. Because I feel like something could just happen, right? At any point in time. Yeah, and the other one I think, and I don't want it to be because I've always enjoyed my time with him, is possibly Greg the Hammer Valentine. Is that early at this point for him? How old is Greg the Hammer? Is it early for X-Pac? X-Pac is, what, 50? Yeah. Yeah, but he was fucking smoking meth, dude. Like I know he's not anymore. 
Yeah. Let me just think here. I'm going through them. Draws is too easy. I'm going to stick with the fucking easy answer, man. I'm going to stick with the fucking easy answer. It's Jeff Hardy. Okay. It's probably a fair bet, actually. I I don't think I can argue Jeff Hardy, but I have to pick somebody, right? Because we're in a death pool putting Twensky on it. Putting Twensky on it. Putting Twensky. That's $20 bill, y'all. Oh, let's see. Who does a lot of drugs? All of them. Pretty much every one of them. Uh... Don't you want to pick like a you know, I'm gonna ECW a... guy because no, no. a lot of drugs there. Yeah, Sandman? Like a New Jack? Yeah. Again, the argument like a I would make, I don't know if, it, uh, if that's really early or not. Well. I'm going to go with a Japanese guy. Okay. I'm going to go with... Uh, Kabuki? Uh, no, uh, who's the one... The, the crazy one. Minoru Suzuki? Suzuki. From an on-the-head sort of drop. Yeah. So in 1978, <laughs> yes. the Milwaukee Brewers finished third in the AL East with 93 wins. 93 wins were to won the AL West and the NL East. Mm. Uh, the Yankees won 100 games that year and uh, ended up essentially... Winning it all, uh, beating the Dodgers in the World Series. But let's go through some of the top hitters, if you will. Of 1978. 1978, yep. Um, hang on a second. We're going to... Uh, I want individual batting. I don't want team batting. Um, while I look this up, I'll read the topic, and you guys can discuss it. What a good idea. Yeah, because, you know... Searching for stuff on here. Although I probably could have found what I was looking for faster than I could have opened. Can't this. wait to hear about the batting average of Dave Concepcion from 1978. Joe Morgan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big Red Machine, baby. All right. What? Oh. The tea's ready. Was the Muhammad Hussein gimmick too far in hindsight? No. I don't think anything's too far. That's again, that's my nothing is too far as long as it has the right story ending to it. Now I understand where two sides could have been upset. One, obviously, people of Middle Eastern descent, because they could have said, "Hey, you're you're portraying." Put, you're portraying and on the other side, people who are like, "Hey, I had people die in that in a war over there." Um. But I think there's a way you could do it where you can honestly make it look like he isn't the typical person of that religious persuasion, right? He could even say, look, I know most of my people want peace. I don't. Right? You know what I mean? Like, he could have made it... Well, that's not how they build it at first. They build it at first that he did want peace and he was being ostracized just because he was Middle Eastern, which should have made him a babyface with people of Middle Eastern dissent and a reason to be angry at everybody you know what i mean like i actually feel like that was not a bad way to look at that gimmick it might have been too complicated well true because now you're making the americans the heels and right you go down south like hey how are you talking about us being heels <laughs> wouldn't say that but they'd, they'd say something that sounds like a lame sound to me. <laughs> yeah, right. Does that not sound right? Spot on. It's like, it's like I've been transported there. 
Marty. It's like we're in a Waffle House right now. <laughs> Marty. No, you wouldn't hear any Back to the Future references in a Waffle House. Okay, so what do you think? I don't know, man. Like, uh, I feel like they had to know that they were going to end up in some trouble with that kind of an angle. Okay? Just like with this retribution thing now. Yeah. If something goes off the rails with the Antifa, they're going to drop that fucking thing quick. They constantly were doing this to themselves, though. Because they did this to themselves with the Billy and Chuck thing, too. Yes. They let it get so far out of hand that they're like, oh, shit. We have to get back away from this. Because that was, like, between the, the, the... family-friendly and non-family-friendly time, so... All right, let me ask this question. Yeah. Do they drop either of those angles that we just cited, the Muhammad Hussein or the Billy and Chuck angle, if they're still privately owned and not answering to shareholders? Maybe not. I'm saying I no. Would, I would probably doubt it. Yeah. Unless, unless advertisers pulled. Right. Which they did with Billy and Chuck. Yeah. So, 1978... Yeah. The uh, American League home run leader... Judd Hirsch was your top TV star. Was who? <laughs> Say it again. American League home run leader, 1978. Um, was it Reggie Jackson? No. Was it Gorman Thomas? Mm, he's in the top five, though. Two Brewers finished in the top five. Was it Dick Davis? No, he was doing... Cold. It was, if top five, it was probably uh, Thomas and Ogilvy. Thomas and Heisel. Larry Heisel. Okay. Um, All right, I'm going to give you a hint now because you just took a guess. He played in the American League East, but he wasn't Reggie Jackson. What team? Is it too much to tell us the team? It might be. For, I, he'll get it if I give you the team. Okay. But I'm going to, I'll give you the team. The Boston Red Sox. I want to say the name Kirk. Well, I mean, off the top, I, I'm not going to get it off of that hint, but I'm going to. It. All right, let's back this off. Mm-hmm. It's not Carlton Fisk. Correct. It's not Carl Yastrzemski. No, it's not Yaz. Jim Rice. Yes. Jim Rice. Jim Rice, forty-six home runs. Forty-six home runs. Yep. Number two was California Angel Don Baylor. Yep. Then Heisel, then Andre Thornton, then Gorm Thomas. Can I tell you what bothers me? I, I my favorite era in baseball is from '78 to '84, uh-huh. and what I loved about it: go up and down these leaderboards, and it's how many African Americans play baseball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they fucking dominated the sport, and now they're nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. I, it makes me sad. Jim Rice, George Foster, Don Baylor, Larry Heisel, Andre Thornton. Bobby Bonds. Dave Parker. Dave Parker, right here. Reggie Jackson, Reggie Smith, uh, Willie Stargell. I'm, I'm just reading. Eddie yeah. Murray. These are the top yeah. 20. Right? Not home run hitters, but Ozzie Smith. Yeah. Willie McGee. Hal McCray. Frank White. Frank White, Lou yes. Whitaker. It, it's hard now because a lot, of the, awesome. a lot of the Central American countries and the islands are, they have basically, they're, they're creating them. They're playing birth. baseball year round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're no, playing I, baseball year-round. I get it. I just... Even coaching at the level I coach, the teenage level, just... They just, they just participate. They, 
it makes me sad, yeah. man. Also not the cool sport. My favorite player is growing up. Cecil Cooper is my favorite player of all time. Baseball is the thinking man sport. There's a lot of strategy involved. And there's a lot I'm not of... I'm not saying it that... There's a I lot. saw your face. <laughs> I'm not saying that black no, folks aren't smart enough to saying. play. I'm yeah. saying that's why it's not the cool there's sport. There's a lot of inactivity. There's less opportunities to show out in front of your boys. Right. right. There's a lot of standing around. In between pitches. Yep. Yeah, it's between, it's a strat. It's all strategy. Yeah. And you know, whereas sports like football and basketball, there's more perpetual motion. Hockey. Um, really, I mean, just out of the team sports, just even soccer, there's more moving around than in baseball. Baseball, you move in in, in a small stretch, you move. Also, right. baseball, relatively expensive. No. Yeah. <clears throat> No, I'm going to agree with that. No, no like I'm going to agree with that. Not Seriously. like hockey or football. Hear me out. Yeah. You're a poor family. You're a poor family. You can buy a $30 basketball, or you can spend 50 on a glove and 100 on a bat, and then another 60 on some spikes, and then whatever the fucking league costs to get your kid into it. Uniform. Okay, here's the thing. Like, when I coached in the, at the organization I coached at, yeah. it cost 75 bucks to play. Gotcha. The uniform was free. We provided... You could bring your own bath, but we also provided baths. Okay. Okay? So you didn't need a bath to play. Yeah. The glove, yes. We didn't have community gloves. But I don't know. I mean, yes, basketball's cheaper. Hockey and football aren't cheap. No. Hockey is uh, terribly expensive. Plus, plus, you can play basketball with two guys, one-on-one. That's true. You need at least, I would say, four guys, and you shut a field off, right? Right. I'm speaking well, from more, playing as a kid. But, yeah, probably. But, like, yeah. Like, you could have a fun pickup football game with eight guys. Right. You can't have a fun pickup baseball game with eight guys. It's fucking weird. And right. you got to do weird shit. To make right. Like, nobody hits the right field. Ghost runners. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Because we did a lot of that, too. Yep. You don't have enough guys, what do you play? You play strikeout. strikeout. Yeah. You ever play strikeout? No. No? Okay. No, I, I mean, we played baseball when I was a kid, but we played a lot more football than we did baseball in Dude, my neighborhood. I'm telling you, though, it just, it just makes me... Willie Wilson. Yeah. Lonnie Smith. Ricky Henderson. Like... Like they fucking dominated the sport. Ricky Henderson was really good in 1978. Thanks, Ricky Henderson. <laughs> Ricky Thanks, for Thanks for telling Henderson's us, Ricky. Henderson's happy to be here. All right, I got what might be our last topic of the night. All right. How much of Wrestling with Shadows and Beyond the Mat was worked? Wrestling with Beyond the Mat. Which one was the Wrestling with Shadows was Bret Hart. Yep. Beyond the Mat was the one that had your small stories about Terry Funk, Mick Foley, New Jack, Jake the Snake. I don't think that one was as much of a work as the Wrestling with Shadows thing. Because if you believe, if you're in the camp that <clears throat> believes that everybody was in on this Montreal screw job, then it had to have been worked, right? Every, I don't think there's a single... Thing in wrestling that isn't worked to some degree. I am going to say that yes, the wrestling with shadows was worked because name me, and I know you're going to point to Beyond the Mat, mm-hmm. okay, but name me another time that an outside entity got that kind of access. Right, you can't. 
can't. You get snippets here and there. Yeah. But to be able to follow, and then for Vince, who's always been protective of his brand and his exposure and what he shows and what gets featured, to allow this camera crew into the locker room. Yep. And when it comes out that he's been secretly recorded, to allow that footage. To not sue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Especially how about this? When he's in a bad light. The guy gets to follow him everywhere. Everywhere. But he doesn't get to see Bret Hart punch him. Punch Vince yeah. in the locker Right? Like, like, everything else is captured. Or apparently sleep with 15 women. Yes. Some of whom work at the local <laughs> Howard Johnson. I want to find that woman that Bret Hart slept with in Milwaukee so badly. If you know that red-headed waitress at the Howard Johnson... <laughs> That Bret Hart slept with in Milwaukee. Please reach out to well, us. Well, Little Country knew a woman who claimed, and I'm going to say claimed because I don't want to put anybody, to be the side piece for The Undertaker when he came to town. Mm. Okay? And she was so fucking delusional. Like, she's like, yeah, he loved Because first of all, here's why I don't believe her. Okay? Here's why I don't believe her. She looked like a troll. Yeah, sure. Okay. So she looked like somebody that would be like one of the fat Undertaker fans sitting in the crowd, kind of? Yeah, but not hanging out with the Undertaker. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, because A, I've seen Undertaker's wives, both of them. He, he's he got higher standards than this troll. But that said, also her story was, he's going to marry me. He bought me this, this he's going to buy me a house. She was living in HUD housing at the time. Like, really? So when's that house coming? Well, you know, he's just waiting for his time. Mm. So, have you guys ever had a good experience with somebody who's claimed to know? That's what you're talking about. No, I don't know how good it is, but uh, I can remember dating back to high school. Yeah. Uh, Standing on a corner waiting on a bus, me and another guy. In fact, you might have known him. His name was Brian Herman. Yeah, I do know Brian. Okay. We were talking wrestling. And this girl just popped up and was like, I'm cousins with Carrie Von Eric. And my first thought was, what about the rest of them? <laughs> well, at South, there was a kid when I was going, he only lasted like a semester or two. But he knew that we liked wrestling, me and a couple of my friends. He, he tried to convince me that his cousin or uncle was the warlord. Okay. Such a random yeah. poll. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, great. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be a wrestler. He's going to okay. me in. Do you have one? Off the top of my head, I mean, it, it's happened countless times to me where somebody's been like, I know this person, and like, they, okay. but I can't hey, think of D. Love knew the NWO. <laughs> he was in it. He was in it. Uh, what's the wildest lie anybody ever tried to float? I mean, besides Buck's hand job in his living room story. Um, <laughs> I, I, well, there was a, a, a wannabe promoter who, who we're still waiting for a Red Bull. No, I don't mean just wrestling. I mean just in your life. Overall. Like like, the wild, I'll, I'll give you mine. Okay. Sure. I went to middle school with this kid. His name was Chris Nowak. Sure. He tried to convince me mm-hmm. that he sang the opening theme song for the Heathcliff cartoon. Oh. For the Heathcliff yes. cartoon. Have you ever seen it? No. Alright, so there were two. It was, yeah, you look it up. It was Heathcliff, and then in the middle it was some uh, uh, cats that lived in a junkyard. I can't think of their name. Riffraff, maybe? Okay. 
And then it would end with a Heathcliff cartoon. But he swore up and down that he sang the song. One day we were in his house and Heathcliff came on and he started singing along with it. And it's like, dude, that's clearly not you. That Like, that's an adult. I'm trying to remember because I've had some doozies, but my mind has turned to mush from getting my skull fractured from Brian. Um, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Tried so hard to convince me that he sang that. So I'm gonna tell you one on a flip side. People who don't know me think I'm a big liar when I tell them that I spent two years helping, uh, being part of a movie. Okay. And I tell them, I'm being serious. I know. I tell them about the stuff at the rave. Yep. The stuff at the sawmill and Cribbits, and they're like, "Well, I want to see it." Like, I got cut out of it. Like, they. There was some beef. They brought in somebody to reshoot the movie, but I did it. Yeah, yeah, sure. You should still have some raw footage. Yeah, I should. Except my fucking house burnt down. <laughs> my uh, my wife and her father, steady since I've known them. Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie, have been trying to convince me that Lady Gaga uh-huh. stole a song that he wrote in the eighties. And it's one of her big hits. Edge of Glory? Yes, I think so. The only reason I mention that is because it sounds like it could have been written in... In the 80s? Yeah. And my wife swears she's heard it on the tape, and it, it's the same it's the same thing. All right. Uh, you remember our conversation on the way up here? Which one? Uh, the Jimmy Hart and how oh, we yeah, avoided yeah, litigation? Yeah, yeah, I do. How has... Your father-in-law not sued for his rightful piece of the fortune. I don't know, man. Because he's full of shit. <laughs> right, because all you got to do is... They'll pay him just to shut the fuck up. Right. Even if, it's, even if it is a flimsy case. They're like, here, just take a couple grand, and some yeah. tickets to my next show, and my satanic knife that I stab people with because oh I'm the fucking devil. God. Whoa! Jesus, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Now Gaga's going to come after Now me. we're the QAnon podcast uh, all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, they they just pay him to go away. Just go away, dude. Here, here's some money. It's Ten grand. I don't know. Yeah, there's either two things that are gonna happen when you sue somebody that big. Either they're gonna try to run you broke through litigation, through litigation, yep. or they're just gonna pay you money to go away. Yeah, yep. just get out of here. Here, here's so. a bra. Here's one of my bras. That's like the. Thank you, sir. <laughs> That's like the corporate version of onions. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is. I think you're right. So yeah, it is. I, 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 you know what? I, I really wish I could remember because over the years you hear some. First of all, the reason you hear a lot of doozies is because we're we're part of the wrestling business, and we ran into guys like Flea Shacker, for example, and he's not even the worst of them. But people who have a story for everything. Even Buck's story of the time he worked security at WWF. Quality. It is insane. Quality. Insane. Have we gone over that on here before? I don't know. I wish he was here. I don't know if we should either. Why? Yeah, why not? All right, go ahead. Like, what, are we going to offend him? I mean... You tell the story better than I do. Do you just want to hit the bullet point? I'll hit the bullet points. Go ahead. Okay? Go ahead. Uh... The main bullet point that he came away with 
Number one. Is this in Green Bay? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon is the hottest one. Yep. He's seen all the chicks backstage. That's accurate. Stephanie McMahon She's is the, the hottest, hottest one. one. I don't think right. that's too far. No, it gets uh, worse. It gets worse. Bray Wyatt. Saw his Ross family shirt, the Who Needs Friends When You Have Family shirt, and said, hey man, that's a cool shirt. I really like it. Yeah. And uh, this led to him having a prolonged conversation, from what I understand, where they invited him into the ring pre-show and allowed him to bump around. Yes. At which point he was pulled off to the side by Dean Malenko uh-huh. and uh-huh. told... That they were looking for a guy just like him. Yes. So they're looking for an ashy dude. <laughs> <laughs> an ashy alcoholic. An ashy, an ashy alcoholic with a little bit of a pudge belt <laughs> that can't get his super kick above your chest. Just like him. <laughs> they're looking for that person. To play what, exactly? What I think really happened was Dean Malenko was like, hey, I'm looking for a guy just like you. Do you know him? <laughs> no, what he said was, I'm looking for a guy just like you to help me tighten these ropes. <laughs> yeah. Because they're a little loose. That, But that is a ridiculous story. That's it's, a ridiculous yeah. in-business story. Yeah. It's up there with the hand job in the house story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which we have recounted on here. Yeah. 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 And will remain legendary. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty big one. It'll also remain false. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah, I, I think I remember... Like, I've had people tell me, like... Because um, the other thing is, you know, the group I hung around... Like, we, I hung around with some wannabe musicians back in college, too. And they had stories about how, um, you know, they, they, they were going to be the... Well, I remember it now. This guy was going to be the original drummer for Third Eye Blind. But they had a falling out. I wouldn't tell nobody that. <laughs> I get it. But here's where the story falls apart. Okay? Okay. You never lived in the city where the band formed. Okay. Yeah. How the fuck could you have been the original drummer? We didn't even have, like, Zoom meet. You couldn't have even Zoom drummed. Well, see, what they did was they took a landline phone. And they called him. He had a landline phone by his drum kit. They put it by a microphone. Oh, there you go. Here's another one. I worked with this lady... Okay, she's got two, two doozies. She tried to convince us all that she was a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader once. Okay. okay. Except two things that fall flat. One, she's told us several times prior to that that she never lived out of state. Mm-hmm. And she also referred to them as the Dallas football cowgirls. Now, okay. yeah. if you're a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader... You're a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. It's just like being a Marine. You're like, yeah. I was in the armed forces thingy. Right. Yeah. No, you were in a fucking Marines, and you're proud of that shit. You don't say it wrong, right? So then she also told us that she won a basketball championship playing college basketball at Whitewater in, like, 1989. Come to find out, Whitewater didn't have a women's team until 1994. Nice. So you couldn't have... Maybe you won some intramural bullshit, but you didn't win a Division Three championship. Or NAIA or whatever they were at the time. Jim uh, Jim Shaning and I worked with a guy up in Stevens Point who looked like he should have been a member of a new metal band, but swore up and down that before he met his fiance and was now working for nine fifty in a warehouse, that he was in fact a very popular male escort in Detroit 
because of his exceptionally large penis. His name? Dick Trimmins. <laughs> <laughs> I told people once, but it was complete bullshit. I did it on purpose, and I had one person believe me. I wasn't always a fat fuck. That I used to be a male dancer named Lightning Rod. <laughs> and, uh, of course, nobody in their right mind would have believed it except one idiot who then said, you know, later on in another meeting, hey, I want you to meet this guy. He was a male yeah. stripper. That's how it turns around on you. Right. Again, back to that thing with the WWE thing. That's how they get you. Because then they're like, hey! Hey, Reggie, come over here. This is lightning rod I was telling you about. And then you're in the moment where you either have to make this other guy look like an asshole. Or you have to lie to him. Or you have to perpetuate the lie. Right. And next thing you know, you're stripping. Well, look, I'm not going to say that in the early to mid-90s I didn't take my clothes off in public. And there may have been music playing in the background. <laughs> you know. And it may have been a bachelorette party. No. Or there might have been a bachelorette near me. Who knows? When I was in my 20s, we used to hang out at a bar called the Deluge. Okay. Uh, It's on Packard, uh, Leighton Avenue, and about, I want to say it's Packard and Swift, but I could be wrong. It's like right in the middle there between, uh, right, Leighton and Swift, I mean. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right in between Packard Avenue and... And Lake Drive. Right. Right? It's like almost the center point. We were in there one night sucking beers, and the next thing you know, a bachelorette party came in. You know, we thought, great, we're in our 20s. Here comes some young, drunk women, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, about a half an hour later, the male stripper showed up, and they just did it in the bar. Oh, my. (laughs) And you were just there? Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is that? Did one of them mix your drink for you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he got it all the way at the bottom. (laughs) Yikes. And I wasn't, I was not drinking a shot. <laughs> <laughs> it was a double tall. Yeah, double tall. By the way, before COVID, do you know what the bachelorette capital of America is now? What's that? Well, you know what the bachelor party of America the capital is? Well, it'd be is Las Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. The bachelorette capital? Hmm. Nashville. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't recall seeing a bachelorette party when we were there. Well, not that's because you went to a shitty wrestling show. Not, e- not even through the crack in the wall at the hotel. We, we, did, we definitely saw a woman who wanted to be in the middle of a bachelorette party with one of the workers who yep. was in a wheelie chair. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Ooh. Not just a wheelie chair. Uh, motorized. Uh, am I getting, like, too old? Am I getting Okay, yes, I'm getting old. I realized that when I was younger... I liked 80% of the people I met. Yeah. And now I hate like a good 65% of them. Is that it? Only 65? Maybe, depending on the day. Man. Am I getting, am I getting old? What about you, Lane? How, how many, what percentage of people do you hate? Lane likes everybody oh, except Peter B. Except for Peter B. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I just like about 85% of people. Is that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's through the fucking roof these days. Yeah, I don't know, man. You just gotta tell yourself you like them. Then you like them. Why would I lie to myself? <laughs> it's not the worst lie you've ever heard. You know, you know First of lie. all, I don't even like me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want me to pretend to like other people? Do you know who else is lying to themselself? Who's John Waite. Oh. Yeah, because when he says, I ain't missing you at all. That's right. I've been lying to myself. That, that voice in the back of his head that's going, missing you. 
No matter what my friends say. Well, are we at a wrap? Yeah, what do you we got for wrap. us? What do you have for us? To what do I have for yeah, us today? Close. Yeah, you have uh, I have an homage to our next show. Okay. 79. Pussy, 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 that's good. You're you're you're, you're sophisticating. I'm growing as a man. I wouldn't say smashing pumpkins is sophistication. <laughs> but at least okay. it's not pussy pussy snapchats. Why don't we all put on our fucking navy jackets and our fedoras and run our wrestling companies? We don't own this song. <laughs> you fucked up. You didn't rap it. You were so impressed with his smashing pumpkins. You didn't wrap it, and now we got Nigerian pussy all over the place. All right, well, we're going to wrap for Pick the Stick Ross, for Jiggy Jack Spade. Rob McGough. Yeah, Scott William Tate. Good night, everybody. 79 next week. They didn't have pussy songs in 78. Oh, they had them. Oh, they had them. They felt like making love. <laughs>